0: Oh, there there are. Look at that. Wow. Oh,
1: that's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You're looking good, mate. I You're just got out of the shower. My hair is fucking crazy. My beard, I haven't shaved it. like It started growing, and like now I just fucking... I, it's just such a pain in the ass to fucking shave the beard. I stopped.
2: Looks good, man. You've got a bit of the, the Robin Williams fucking look going on. You're right, yeah. <laughs> I, could,
1: I, could, I could shave it into the fucking Sam Elliott fucking st- type of mustache. You know, the rape stache.
2: Are we recording this? We've got to be recording this. That's your clip. That's your first clip right there.
1: I call it the molest stash. <laughs> the molest stash. Loving it,
2: man. Love it. Loving
1: it. Because it looks like you, like if you look at somebody, you just kind of like smile a little bit. And then they go, <laughs> "Fuck! what the fuck are you going to do? I'm all, come on, let's go to my Uncle Touchy petting zoo. Might go down well in San Francisco. You never know. <laughs> What are you drinking there, Kurt? I haven't, that been I, haven't, I haven't been in San Francisco in, I want to say, two months. Oh, really? Where are you Where are you at? I'm, I'm I'm, at my home, which is like 25 minutes with good traffic outside of San Francisco. But, like, I, I got really sick, and then I was in the hospital, and then I got out, and then I was really weak, and then I had a few procedures, and then fucking, i just been home. And then the, they've been coming out here, my guys, all my black belts set up that I brought up. I've been coming out here and like fucking <coughs> cleaning the house for me and fucking doing all the shit that I can't do. Wow. Amazing. Um, yeah. Can you turn your phone uh, sideways? Will that work for you? Yeah. Uh,
0: if you, yeah, perfect. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Ah. Awesome.
1: Oh, so, um, God damn it. I fucking hate fucking technology so fucking much. Yep. There. Nice. Well, um, um, sideways, 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 sideways. You fuck, you fuck. Yes, it will only do sideways this way. Ah, That's it. Yeah. Nice. Um. So, whose room are you in? Your room is pretty cool.
0: Uh. Well, yeah, we're in our, in our academy in uh, Leeds, in England. I know you've been to the UK a few times, right?
1: Yeah, I've been there, like. Well, I've been there more times for like passing through, like going towards Germany and stuff like that. But I bit like last year or the year before I was there for like a few weeks. It was really fucking cool.
2: Where were you, mate?
1: Uh, I went down to Cor- Cornwall and then I was, I was, I was in London. And then, um, I like bopped around to like wave jujitsu and then, um, and then, uh, yeah i remember like all the towns and everything but i started off really in the south and it, and you guys were having a really fucking epic summer it was like 80s out there so all you <laughs> english guys were fucking freaking out and i'm fucking taking my clothes off
2: maybe they're freaking out because you were taking your clothes off Kurt. maybe that was it man they're not used <laughs> to seeing a guy it, like yeah. you it,
1: it, it could have coincided like that it might have been you freaking out because i was taking my clothes off and everybody's why are you taking your clothes off in the fucking beer garden? I'm all, I'm going to catch some fucking rays and we're going to have a few beers and then, you know, that all coincides.
0: Perfect. Professor, is that a, uh, Gondorian guards helmet in the background from Lord of the Rings?
1: Yeah. Awesome.
2: Awesome. This is where I step out of the conversation. This is where I step away.
1: Even, even after like, my place got broken into and everything got stolen and shit like that. I still have some relics here. I got a new, got a new bow. Oh, sweet! Yeah, I like to shoot bow. I like to shoot guns. I like to shoot people. I like to shoot things. You know? <laughs>
2: do you hunt? Do you hunt, Kurt, or is it just do you hunt? Not people, like do you hunt deer and stuff like that? Do you do that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm getting geared up to go for like boar hunting and stuff like that. And like and the guys are. uh and to take me up there to the mountains. We we got like I got some friends that have property up in uh, in Northern California and and uh, it's uh it's like open season on all boar because there's so many of them. You know you know what I'm saying like if if you don't check their their population with like wolves and shit like that, they'll fucking they'll come down and start fucking eating everybody's gardens and shit like that. So it's pretty uh open season on them, I and they're so delicious.
2: They are. Like on a barbecue, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah they're, yeah, they're they're just so fucking delicious.
2: He didn't get, he's, this guy's a vegetarian, so yeah. he didn't understand what we're talking about. But... Like,
1: why are you killing the animals? Oh, because they're there. <laughs>
0: uh, Professor, we had a, we had a guy yeah, come into this uh, academy um, how many, a couple of months ago, like month, two months ago, was it? Odessa.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Van Banjoko. Do
0: you know this guy? Huh? Do you know a guy by the name of uh, Adisa, or Adisa Banjoko? Oh, he's known, like...
1: Yeah, Adisa, man, I, I, he, just like, uh, when I just got out of the hospital, I, I got a text from him, and I'm like, where the fuck are you? And he's like, I got an English girlfriend, I'm over here in England, I'm like, yeah? He's with us, man. He's yeah, he was,
0: he was over here with us.
1: Yeah, he's a really good guy, man, he's a really cool guy. I, uh, yeah, we I've did a podcast he, with him. I, I, I've known him for, like, over, like, 20 years now.
2: Yeah, he was telling us about you, man. We was telling us about the early days over at Halves and stuff, which I wanna and I wanna talk about at some point. Um, yeah, very very cool guy. And his his partner, his girlfriend is her brother owns a place out in Saudi uh, Jiu Jitsu school out in Saudi, so it's a, it's a cool vibe they've got going on. I think he's coming back, right?
0: Yeah, it's in September.
2: I think he's fell out with the Bay Area. He wants to come back. Wants to
0: come back to England, man. So
1: uh, that's what he was telling me. He was telling me he was coming back home for a little while.
0: I've interviewed yeah. um, another one of your black belts. Well, I like, know, just my black belts.
1: Finally opening up here, like the COVID thing. I don't know how bad it was there, but it pretty much smashed my business. And um, and California, like like Northern California, especially was, was like the most like, I want to say probably the most strict in the United States, and up there with like the top ten in the world. So everything was like mask on and fucking. You couldn't go to dmd you couldn't go here you couldn't like anything like like services for like your your social services was like online and it was it was pretty it was pretty lame
2: i mean yeah i mean just as bad here you know if not i think if you were a top 10 we were top two i think the the british government just went mental and still now my son you know we're supposed to be out of this we've got mass vaccination going on my son still isolating at home some kids in his class who he never sits next to we got COVID like two weeks ago. So there's a quarter million yeah. kids in the UK still not in school. Not cool, man. We need to get back to living.
1: Wow, like, like all our kids didn't go to school like all last year and this wow. year so far. And they were all doing like Zoom classes, which like, you know how to fuck off in a, in a real class. Imagine fucking <laughs> off in a fucking Zoom class, right? <laughs> Unless you got your mom there, you know, like watching
0: you do the Zoom class. Um, I, I interviewed one of your black belts called uh, Ramin Eti- Etiad, I think it's his surname. Um, yeah. I met him out in Bali and he was telling me well, about, well, on the podcast we did, he was, uh, we could hang out with him and uh, he was telling me all about you and, and training at, with, with you and at Empire and House. Uh, Ramin is
1: a fucking machine, bro. Oh, my <laughs> he's he's a fucking machine he's really good in his gi but without his gi holy shit he moves like a a seal you know and then all of a sudden he's like really tight and he's fucking all of a sudden he gets you man he's like he's very very smart he's a really smart guy too you know like oh yeah smart guys usually like maybe they're not smart at like book smart or whatever but they're clever and and they're they're smart about their 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 game, you know what I'm saying, and then some guys they're just fucking brilliant at everything, and they're fucking brilliant at jujitsu, you know. And so
0: he was really, uh, really generous with his time and stuff. He was a super nice guy to, like, to, to me, and we, we hung out a bit. It was nice. Um, He's a really good
1: partier too.
0: We went out on a good night out in Bali to, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> he was he's
1: really he's really good at partying, he's really good at getting chicks too. Fuck
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds some dudes. So dude. This guy needs all the help he can get, so that's good. <laughs>
1: Fuck you. I would I would hang out next to fucking Ramin and his buddies because they're all fucking like gallant and shit like that. And I'll fucking pick up the scraps and shit.
0: <laughs> nice. Um So, by the way, I'm T. This is Mike. What's up, Mike? Um, We just just keep going, basically. um, I think I roughly kind of know the the story, but it would be nice to hear you tell it about how you originally kind of were introduced to the Uh, jiu-jitsu.
1: I was introduced to jiu-jitsu, like, I had, like, uh, finished high school and was, like, a few years after i was like man i want to say 25 25 or 26 and um from all the early like programming and stuff like that uh it was like uh you're supposed to be married by then and you know so i, I was married and uh living in a condo and and uh Caesar Gracie was one of my mates from a from a high school and and he disappeared he he just like dropped off the board but one day all of a sudden he showed up on my front porch and and i'm all where the fuck have you been and he was like well i went to learn my family's martial art in brazil and i'm like what well show me something so he he showed me mata leon and, and i'm all well i gotta fucking learn this shit you know as soon as he's by neck i was like fuck i i've got to know this information you know like that's that's like information is the, the, the edge. Right. So like, you know, like it's just like warfare with like weapons and such as that any information is always going to be advantageous. Right. And so as soon as he showed me that, I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta start doing that. Well, he started teaching us, uh, us friends from high school, uh, Jim, Ed, myself, who else was over there? And we'd like go over to my friend who's a fire a fire chief now, and um, uh, and we'd move all the furniture and fucking and, and break each other, you know. <laughs> uh, we'd put out some uh, some mats, and and Caesar would teach us, you know. We were like the first four guys that that started with him, and then uh, eventually uh, uh started looking for a place and uh found a like a small like thousand square foot maybe 1200 square feet uh studio and and started from there knocked down some walls painted it and then matted it you know and then classes started and that was before the first uh ufc and so early 90s then early
2: 90s then right
1: yeah that's like 90 like pre-93 yeah like 93 right and then um I remember like watching it on on pay per view, the very first fucking you know UFC, and going jiu jitsu. You know, we were all yeah. You know, we drank the Kool Aid like twice, and we were like fucking you know like indoctrinated. And uh, and so uh, so we 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 watched the UFC, and we watched the the effectiveness of Hoist just fucking arm walking everybody or triangling him and whatever. And we we were like stoked and everything. And then right after that is when, when all the, uh, the doubters started to come through, like judo guys, Sambo guys, wrestler guys would come in and be like, Hey, I don't think jujitsu works. And Then they'd get choked and then they'd either sign up or they'd go away. (laughs) It's very simple, you know? The the doubters doubt and they come in and they go. I doubt this, and then they they go, oh fuck, and uh yeah. and and then they don't doubt they don't doubt anymore, and they will adapt, right? So that still happens
2: to a degree, right? Still happens to a degree, not as much as it used to, but that's interesting. So you there can't have be been many people in the world, let alone America in the West, who kind of knew what jiu jitsu was before the UFC came along. Not many people. So you, you kind of were you expecting the result at UFC
1: one? I I expected yeah. I I I did. I mean like we were already training and stuff like that. And we 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 were shown the effective the effectiveness of it by being tortured constantly on the mat. And um, <laughs> you know it's like when there's only like you know a few white belts, like five six white belts and one black belt. The black belt just fucking kills you. That's like my That's students stupid. right now. <laughs> They're all <laughs> listening. we were just just like fuck this guy's killing us And and so we affect we 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 expected that to happen we expected you know the UFC to go the way that it did and then um as you saw like the UFC start develop developing like people were like okay we just can't go on the ground with them and then then you see the evolution of the game where like it it was like the guys that were sprawling and brawling and the guys like okay we'll just take those guys down and fuck them up inside the guard and then and now you have what you have now is like but guys are pretty well-rounded they're good at stand-up they're good at wrestling and they got a a pretty you know cognitive uh, ground game, which is, which, which is really nice because I prefer to see the guys, you know, use, use their tactics and, you know, put the guy down with them, some stand up or like really distract them nicely with some good stand up and, and use, and use that. Why, why just sit there and, and bludgeon each other, you know, which either way, you know, so somebody's going to pay for that and where you can just put the guy on bottom and and, and finish him really nice and easy, you know. Right.
0: Was it inevitable that you were going to like find martial arts in your life or or were things ever going to go a different way for you? Uh,
1: At that point, I I was like, I was fucking off. (laughs) I was uh, I was just doing construction, really hard labor, like installing hot tubs and, and gazebos and stuff like that all over the Bay Area And then I'd come home and I'd go to my band practice and and me and my friends were like fucking just fucking rocking out as fucking hard as we could and then play shows on the weekends and shit like that and get fucked up and and do all the mayhem things that that go with rock and roll and shit like that. And uh, this pulled me a different direction and I was like, I was in a in the midst of trying out for this band that was going to go on a European tour, they were, they were, they were going to go, and they needed a lead singer and their lead singer had something happen to him or whatever. And I was trying out and i um, I was, I was, I was going to get the last callback, you know? And, and then uh, the day before the last callback fucking half had everybody fucking tackle me and put me in double arm lock. And he was like coming towards me with triage shears to fucking cut my hair and I'm cutting that fucking hair. And I'm like, fuck no, you can't cut that hair. I have a last call back tomorrow. If I don't get it, fuck, cut my hair. I'll come back in here and the hair will be gone. And he's like, you sure? Ma? Yeah, I'm fucking sure. You know? And so I went to that call back and I didn't get the gig and somebody else got got the spot and then um, their drummer got hit by a car and so they didn't go. I cut my hair and I did jiu
2: I'm 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 what I'm hearing here is this band was really successful and then one by one they all disappeared you interestingly started jujitsu just before then. I'm imagining you sneaking in and just putting these guys to sleep just so you can get a place in the band for the European tour is that what really happened
1: I, I would do some fucked up things at like at at uh at like shows like if you were like the other band sleet singer or whatever or you or you talk shit to us backstage I would I'd follow you and fucking push you really hard into the urinal, and then fucking choke the fucking shit out of you and come out like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like i did I did some questionable things with my like I don't care how how old you are, but like when you have like a new like superpower, you're gonna abuse it a little bit, you know, and so I did abuse it a, a few times.
0: W- would you and, get into fights fight sort of or like, when when you might sell?
1: Information is information is power, and so like like the other lead singers didn't know what I was doing to them, and and they didn't know that I I knew that. And this was so early in the like in the nineties, you know, like pre ninety six easily, and then it was it was such a really good scene, and then everybody wanted to fucking square up and fight, and then they just get choked fuck out,
0: you know. <laughs> So we, unlike your nights out on the weekends and stuff, uh, when you were training, would yeah, you end up getting like, into a lot of fights?
1: Yeah, you'd get gigs like all over, like anywhere from like San Jose to Sacramento, and especially in San Francisco, it was like the hotbed of fucking metal. So like, there were always shows with like Metallica and Raven and fucking Slayer, and like, there's all kinds of like little venues, nothing like nothing like a stadium venue like that, like Iron Maiden, like. We'd go see Iron Maiden, and we would see them at a place that was like maybe fifty thousand people. It was like a, a a small small stadium, you know. And then that's when it was fucking just so great. And then, um, <clears throat> but otherwise, these other venues were like, you know, a bar with fucking, you know, like a basketball court size, fucking area to mosh in with a, a stage, you know, and then. And you'd go out there and fucking and play and stuff like that and if you're if you're starting to get a get a crowd like that you would get uh, better billing you know all of a sudden you went from like Thursday nights to Friday nights and then finally Saturday nights and instead of like opening you'd be like support and it's it's a tough it's a tough business no matter no matter what it is to be to be at the like the top ten percent of like anything is really really hard and you have to apply yourself.
2: 100%, man. That was my kind of early years as well. Like musician, went to college, did the drums, you know what I mean, in bands, trying to make it. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough business. It wasn't as violent as your kind of business. I wish I'd have known jujitsu then.
1: I, I was a bouncer and it, I was a, a blue belt and then purple belt. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I would work all the security at all the raves and the clubs and everything in San Francisco. And and they would always pick like these huge, huge fucking black guys, or huge Simone guys, and uh, and we showed up, you know, like my friend is, like taller than me, but I'm only like 5'10". Five five and they're like, "What are you gonna, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do with these little guys?" And then like, he's like, he's like, "Stay the fuck away from those little guys, they're gonna fucking fucking kill you." And the big guys would be like, "You got to be kidding me!" And it's like, "No, no." Trust me, these little guys here, they're and they would see us like jump on people like cats, like, you know. But you know, and also the guy'd be like, Oh, and then he'd be taken out. And the fucking big guys would be like, Jesus Christ, you know. That. No, it, was, that. it was pretty cool. It was a, it was a really cool scene. I, I got to see a lot of cool bands. I like to got to see a lot of really hot girls, and I got to do some violence. So, all the things, how what else did you up
2: that's perfect
1: man what else do you want
0: (laughs) what was it like going back into the gym after being like out on a weekend like i imagine you're a bit hungover probably a little beat up from a few fights and stuff
1: i was young so i was i was invincible Uh, there's there was no no problem (laughs) recouping i'd hydrate and go back in there and some days were like like good days and some days were bad days but yeah i was never like the one to be like, yeah, I can't come in. I'm fucking hungover. I'd get a fucking phone call if I was late, because I was like, I would. I had the keys to the academy, so who's gonna be late? <laughs> All right. So need to say the Americans gonna be there and open the place up and get the warm up started and everything like that, and then you know, Hal or Caesar would show up. You know. um, i didn't have any excuses they'd come by my house and and fucking knock on my window and get me out of bed and shit like that like i i had started already like teaching and running warm-ups at like white belt and then it just went on from there
0: nice nowadays if people are late to your classes is there any kind of forfeit for them or is it you cool with it
1: I say I say derogatory shit and, and just yeah. a fucking
2: abuse them. Just abuse them.
1: <laughs> just to abuse them, you know. I'm just like, hey, yeah, fuck you. What you? someone with your boyfriend, fuck you. And I, you know, I'll say shit <laughs> like that. But uh, but in truth, like we like the guys that are like on scholarship usually don't have jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like like I, I had a job though. I was like working construction all day and then I and then I I finally got like switched to like just doing jiu jitsu and then I I'd, I'd only work at nighttime. so and that would start like late night so that was after the classes right so uh and then in like 98 uh half opened up San Francisco and he's like, okay you don't need to do construction anymore you're just going to be here at the academy in San Francisco and I'm like okay and so how am I going to make money for food and and rent and <laughs> and that's when I really started like working like Thursday, Friday, Saturdays and Sundays. And so if you could make, you know, a 100 bucks a night plus whatever, you know, you'd have enough r- uh, money for rent, you know, and and or your room or whatever. You usually lived the commune style which was like a big house and everybody had a room, you know. So then you have food and a location and shit like that, but it was tough in the beginning in the beginning it was just like you know hanging out in the academy and like trying to lure people in (laughs) it sounds like t's life man living in a shared house doing the jiu-jitsu lifestyle
2: nothing's moved on in the last 20 years this guy's doing it now
1: yeah like like one of my friends wanted to fucking like now that i'm i'm single and everything like that he wanted to move in here and i'm like fuck no i'm not having any roommates and he's like, but you got plenty of space and extra bedroom I'm like yeah i can't live with anybody anymore <laughs> you know after a certain like now that i'm fucking old and shit like that and it's like you're kind of stuck in your ways it's like no i like to get up and walk around naked with fucking swords on or whatever you know whatever your thing may be but
0: when, when people talk about
1: like suddenly like shoot guns right out the fucking back window you know, you know it's like no I can't have any roommates so so he was like I kind of bummed out he's like, why and I'm all because I'm an asshole now and I've been a, I've been alone for so long that no one can tolerate me
2: I think that comes with age I'm the same man I'm in my 40s you know what I mean and you just got to have less patience for people do you know what I'm saying you just want to do your own thing you know what you like to do I mean, I'm not killing wild yeah. boar naked out of the backyard, but you are.
1: Yeah. It's still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my ideal place is going to be somewhere like in the... Oh, there's my puppy. is going to be somewhere in uh, the mountains, right, where I can walk out naked with two machine guns and just start fucking shooting fucking wildlife for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he's like, fuck... What an asshole. You know? <laughs> it's like fuck what I like to do fuck. You know, it's like if, if I want to go outside and make it with two machine guns and, and fucking shoot squirrels, squirrels, and um I'll do that, you know.
0: Fair play. You, um fair, I kinda of wanna to speak to you a little bit um about authenticity, because like some I mean, you're very authentically, you just unapologetically yourself, right? Um and I wondered if that and jiu-jitsu where has jiu-jitsu become less authentic over time from those days that you were talking about with like challenge matches and stuff like that
1: uh there's always been like the way like like winning any cost is, is really really what a lot of the competitors do and like they'll get one advantage and like lock the guy in another position where he can not do anything and they'll they'll, they'll take that win like that. And, and Hal always explained that to me from the very beginning and everything like that. And he goes, and he, he said something pretty profound like every now and then he would go, you know, there's one thing about winning and there's winning beautifully and that's when you fucking finish the guy, you know? So he pretty much programmed us like fucking sharks and we get in there, and we go after the finish. And it, if we went after the finish, the whole time, <clears throat> like we were supposed to, the guy usually was so fucked up he couldn't continue, <laughs> or we finished him right. And so that's that's pretty much how he raised us on, on that, on on keeping it real like that. It, it was like never like, oh, go out there and win by two points. I, I never heard him fucking say that. You know, I never heard him say anything like that ever, you know, and then like we'd go to tournaments and like guys would have stripes on their belts and I'd be like, what the fuck does that mean? He goes, it doesn't fucking mean go fucking kill him. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, like stripe thing, we never saw that. I I never saw a stripe in my life. I, I didn't know what the fuck that was until. I did like the the U.S. Nationals in like 96 and somebody walked out on the mat in front of me with stripes and I was like, what the fuck are those? You know, but, but in truth, they, they you know, that's, that's how I think that like jujitsu, like of late has, has been like, kind of like diluted down, like Americans or like mass population, like normal humans, they want to see progress. They want to have, um how can I say rewards? Yep. Right? So like you're like like karate, 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 if you want to retain your you know your students, you give them stripes, you fucking give them a flower, you fucking whatever, you know, <laughs> make them do a test and break some boards and fly through the sky or whatever you want to do. But jujitsu it became well it was bound to become a business but not like such a hardcore business to where it was like gonna be like like diluted you know what i'm saying so i mean but i was i was raised wrong (laughs) i was i was raised wrong by the by the wrong person who who who, who, if you wanted to, like, dilute stuff, like, I was going to just be like, look, all you guys are going to be tough. It's just a matter of, long, of time, how long it's going to take for you to get tough, you know?
2: Um, I don't think those messages differ, really. I mean, my students, you know, I taught this week in comp class. We're a new academy, but we have some kind of former athletes who are now doing jujitsu, uh, rugby players, CrossFit athletes. These guys are going to win national titles this year, for sure. And my message to them is, we want to build a reputation of the competition team that people fear. So when you stand across from that person and the final, the British open, you've already won. It's that Mike Tyson effect, right? It's like, fuck,
1: no, this guy's from just going, going to
2: take your fucking head off.
1: I totally agree with that. And, and how did that with us, with the, with the first batch, it was like, we were like notorious for fucking being finishers and being really fucked up and mean. And so like, they go, uh, Matt won, uh, so and so from whatever, and and from Ralph Gracie on that one, also. And the guy, you could see the guy just be like, Fuck, it'd be one of us, and and half would be over there. I want you to break his fucking arm off and bring it to me over here. And this was like, four, and, and the rest would look over, like you know, at half, and they'd be like. <laughs> yeah. And like us, we would like fucking have a Pavlovian response and go, yeah, yeah, fucking our eyes would spin counterclockwise and we'd fucking go after the guy like we like he fucking insulted our mother and shit, you know. But no, totally I, I totally agree on that aspect. It's like, no, you're gonna hit this guy from this academy. You better be on your fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like otherwise it it's gonna go wrong for you the whole time, you know.
2: But yeah, I, it's kind of like in a legacy kind of way, you know, I, I, I want people to be able to look back on their journey, whatever belt or whatever competition they're at, and be proud of their performance more than anything else. And no one can be proud, really, I don't think, certainly I'm not, of scraping away a win by some kind of advantage and then playing the clock. Like, I don't want to see that. of My students I want to look back and be proud, even if they're lost. It's the performance that matters. You know, giving themselves permission. Absolutely. To
1: absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, it's like fuck. You went out there, you know. There's a whole bunch of guys out there in the fucking stands and said I would have done this, and like they would have, we wouldn't have done fucking shit. Those guys are fucking in the stands and didn't compete. You know what I'm saying? They hurt their fucking pinky and they can't go on. <laughs> you know, but but if you you if you get out there, that that right there is it says a lot of, about you. You know, I mean. It's not like public speaking, you know, it's like somebody's gonna try to jump on you and fucking choke you. You know. That's what you know, that's what I, I said when they first threw me in a cage. Like when I first started doing MMA, it's like they're like, why aren't you nervous? I'm all I don't have to fucking sing. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, why well, isn't the crowd and the lights and all the music fucking you up? I'm all I love this. I love this fucking I love lights. I love fucking all this. And then and then uh and then they let let me in there. I'm like, yeah, I don't have to see. I just have to kill this person. And that was pretty much, the man, dude. You know, it's never like go go win. I have to go fucking go kill this motherfucker right now. Go fuck take him down, beat the fucking shit out of it, and kill him. The referee will pull you off. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> And the ref the ref That's was a,
0: there. have you seen um have you seen any of these uh, Daisy Fresh documentaries about these pedagogies submission
1: fighting guys? Daisy um, Fresh, yeah. I've, I've I've heard about it and everything like that. I'm I'm really the worst at like like watching videos and like hanging out and stuff like that. I'm the worst at that. I'll i would rather study ancient history and sharpen things,
0: you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> it, it just reminds like, me of like cause they go out and say, like, which go hard as fuck for us long as fast as possible basically and it kind of yeah. uh, seems like they're keeping that alive a little bit as well uh, it's definitely captured a lot of imagination and, and the culture in jiu-jitsu lately
1: yeah i haven't i haven't seen it you know like i think that like most of the young guys do a lot of that research and stuff like that and they're like aren't you going to research your your opponent or you know look this guy up and i'm like i don't know fuck who he is and they're like why am i don't, i don't give a fuck and, and they're like, why And I all, because it can work two ways. I'm not like, like you, like where I can think like that. Like if I look at that, then I'm going to think of that, of that too much. <clears throat> and, um, and maybe you'll be able to like stuff his, his move or whatever like that. But if I think about it, it's like, I'm waiting for this move. I'm waiting for this move. It can, it can, fuck you up too you know like but if i'm like open-minded and everything and i go out there and i'm just gonna just do what i do it's it's far more um, what can i say it's like it's like more freedom for me to do like really abstract crazy shit you know it's like okay he's never seen anybody react to this like that you know but if i if i just react like everybody else he's gonna have the answer you know what i'm saying
2: 100% that was another message again mate. It's exactly what I've been saying to my guys like we're not bothered what everyone else is doing we're doing what we're doing we're getting on top yeah. of, smashing the fuck out of them and that's how we're winning you know what I mean that's what we
1: do yeah I don't I don't really I don't give a fuck what his game is because I'm not going to go in there and get into his game I'm going to go out there and, and do what I do whether it is whatever some of my guys jump to guard or whatever like some guys will fucking battle for the takedown and you know Whatever, you know, whatever you're going to do, you're, you're trying to pull him into your game and then get him into your high, high percentage moves. You know, where, where you, like if I do this move to anybody on the fucking planet, I got nine out of ten that it's going to fucking do it. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to drag the guy always into where, where my forte is like, OK, you're going here in this closed guard. I doubt you'll be able to ever stand up ever again and, and get your posture and I'm just going to scramble you here until you get so frustrated you stand up really poorly and uh, and then I'll get my position you know I'm going to sit up on you I'm going to sweep you et cetera, et cetera. right
2: 100% it's
1: about getting that it's getting your game and again
2: this what I'm hearing here is a lot of what we espouse in our academy to our students right to my students this is about imposing your will on another human being and taking them to a place that they've never, they don't want to go there again. So when the guy from the side who's meeting you in the final watches you compete, you've you've already won. But they don't want to feel that top pressure, they don't want to feel that claustrophobia, that aggression. And people I think perhaps aren't used to that as much now in jiu-jitsu, which is why I'm so passionate about you know bringing that back, certainly for our team. So they go there and impose themselves on other people. And that's what that's what we really want to hear. It's great to hear. Yeah.
1: So that's that's where we're we're like old days, like totally different, like how would fucking put us against each other and, and we'd fuck each other up, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying we would kill each other. And the next day we'd all be fucked up against the wall, like waiting for the you know, training to start and half would be like, all right, you and you get up and start. And, and, and somebody would be like, I, I can't help. And he's like, why? What's wrong with you? Are you hurt? And we'd be like, I'd be like, no, I'm not fucking hurt. Are you a pussy? No, I'm not a pussy either. And then all of a sudden, you'd be up fucking fighting again. You know what I'm saying? So I'm fucked up because of that. Because there was like, we would not stop. We would not quit. Whoever came in, we'd fight them too. We'd fight each other. If there was nobody there, we'd kill each other. You know what I'm saying? Uh, nowadays, my guys are 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 far more uh, conscious of their their body warning them like so they'll take a few days off you know do rehab they'll they'll come back stronger and better like me i I never took any and i swear to god like the longest i was out i had staff in my knee and i was out for a month you know because it was like it was as big as a quarter and as deep in my knee and so i had to pack it with you know, sterile gauze until it came back out and everything like that. But that was the longest break I ever had was like one month off because of that. And like every now and then you get tattooed. And so you take a couple of days off and then like, oh, I got my leg tattooed so I can't do fucking this. So I'll do fucking only Toriano passing so the guy doesn't grab my leg. And then I got my arm tattooed so I can only pass one arm. <laughs> you know, crazy shit, crazy shit oh, you know, I got tattooed on my whole back so I can't be on my back. I can only be passing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and you get swept and you get swept and you're like, motherfucker! And you get up on <laughs> the back really fucking fast. You know what I'm saying?
0: But uh, first, the guys you are,
1: are way smarter about their injuries and longevity because they actually have real jobs, you know? Like me, I was just a construction guy and, and pounding nails and like that and but these guys actually went to college and like work in silicon valley or doctors and shit like that you know they're like i really don't need this i I just do this as a hobby and i understand that so i think that the there's still a lot of mat rats and and people that always will be like that you know that will live at your house and eat your food and just train and and um and there's a lot of professionals that are really passionate about the game, too. You know, they're, they're just like, they just love it because they're smart people and, and they like the, the, the structure to the academy or they, they like, the, the you know, how beautiful it is that technique will defeat strength and, and size, you know.
0: 100%. Professor, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the legendary warm-ups that uh, you and Hal Fran and and has it changed over time is it still that way or
1: it's not that hard uh we started like we like i like needless to say i like to make them fucking have their tongues outside of their mouth and and like pleading please stop please uh, and because i think that when you when you and when you get all that energy out of people, they, they're forced to use their brain and they're forced to use technique and because they have no more power left. And then I started adding in a lot of movement drills that 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 simulate training. So they're all good. Like there's the, the there's the, the, the movement, constant movement drills, you know, where you go back and forth with a person, and you switch every minute. <clears> or <throat> you go down the mat, one guy, and the other guy comes back, and it's such a mad. And then there's push-ups and everything like that, and everything. And there's a time for for that, and there's a time for when you want to have them have their tongue outside of their mouth, you know. So you have to like pick and choose also who you're gonna torture. Like not everybody's down for for being abused. They they beautiful they, yeah, they they pay their tuition and they they're coming here to to have fun or you know and, and have a good workout and you know and and be really you know social with you know people that they like with the like mindedness, right? So so you got to stop it. You have to you have to find the the right people to abuse. So you you find the students that will are like fuck it, you know, I'm a truck driver. I want to fucking, I want to win this tournament. And he's like, well, you're, you're gonna because I'm going to abuse you so severely. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dog called, Kurt?
2: Huh? What's the dog called, man? It's a beautiful dog. That's
1: Lulu. That's my, Lulu. She's, a, she's only eight months. She's going to be a year in August. Yeah, yes, she'll be dog. 10 months. She's a pit bull. You can't have them over there in England.
2: Yeah, for sure we can. Yeah, that's a Stuffy, right? The Bull Terrier, right?
1: Yeah. You guys can have them there? Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful dogs. Very loyal. Very very caring, right?
1: The best dog I ever had. I, and then I, I had one before her, but it, he died after 16 years. So I waited a couple of years before I got her. And and so I, I got this one. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this one is so fucking nice, man. She's gorgeous, she- mate. Yeah, and I got a girl, so I got to go to the vet next week and start thinking about getting her fixed because I don't want puppies and I don't want her fucking bleeding all over the place. But she's only like 10 months old and she's got to be like fucking 60 pounds and when she wants fucking love, she gets it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've got a question for you, man. When I was coming through kind of like mid-purple belt, the move of the week thing started out. And that was a big thing. It was a big thing for me. I loved what you were doing there. It was different. Like T said, it was authentic. Like fucking go train. You fucked up a long time. Stuff I say to my students now, I just hear myself saying it. You know, if you got them out, you fucked up way back and all that stuff. So how did that move of the week thing start? Because that blew up. What, what happened there?
1: Um, that was a, a friend of mine, uh, one of my students, Dimitri. He was from New York and he moved here to the West Coast. And so... West Coast and the East Coast guys are different. So <laughs> Demetri shows up, he's fucking all shaved up and everything, and He's very like those guys like worry about their hair and and you know, they're 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 fucking in New York and shit like that. So we used to give him shit like that and then he started to go, "Hey, do this, I'm going to put some fucking music to it." And so he would bring his like he'd have all the cool fucking high tech stuff and i was just like yeah whatever and so he'd come in and do a you know a, a shoot and put some music to it and everything like that and then put it on on the um on the internet and uh it started to uh get some inertia and then um finally a, a bear from show your Roll, fucking he, he took it and put it up on um on their page and then it it just went fucking crazy it just started to like snowball effect down a hill and everything like that and um uh and then uh my guys that i had that that shoot uh uh not commercials they shoot uh product stuff like that they have all the fucking cool cameras and everything like that and they know how to do editing and shit like that so brisham and john they started fucking filming it because Demetri moved back to new york and um and so they took over and they started doing the editing with the fucking eagle and the fucking metal and and then it really started to take off and then i would like always try to like get off of the camera out of you know like get out of there fast and stuff like that because one time i watched and these guys were like talking about like philosophy and like trajectory of the sweep and everything and i'm like fuck are you gonna show the move or what and i figure there's a bunch of people that are like me that are just like fuck are you gonna do it or fucking what are you guys gonna talk about it so i i i, I was like fuck i just gonna get out there and fucking show the important details of this and, and fucking have a, a good energy about it and maybe make some Jokes and shit like that, and then and go, you know, because people they want shit, they want shit now, they don't want to talk about all this stuff and take a long time. You know, maybe they want that on their DVDs and stuff like that, but otherwise, it's like move the week is like boom, flash, boom, bang,
2: right? 100%. Well, I really loved it, man. It was something, like I say, I really used on a weekly basis, if not more, you know, to to understand some of those details as I was progressing through through my journey. So thank you for doing it, man. It was awesome. And it was just lovely again to see that kind of juxtaposition between this beautiful art that we do and someone who's just telling it how it is. And I, I like to think that I'm trying to be a little bit like that with my students, being honest, direct, also can work in jujitsu, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's that's pretty much life, right? So I mean, like people come over here and they're like, "Holy fuck, you're like you're fucking say, like, yeah, I am." What did you expect? And I'm like running around with a gun and shit like that, and and doing shit, whatever, whatever I'm doing. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm here doing art, or you know, doing some other crazy shit, and that's because that's what I like, and and that's what I do. Um, and um, that's what a, a lot of people wanted to like see when they started to have me out for seminars and stuff like that. And they realized that I was actually, you know, Kurt. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to be Kurt with you, but I am, you know? And, um, but uh, I think that uh, absolutely, if you're going to be a good instructor, I mean, they, like there's better instructors, like people that can show things be- like that, but maybe they are not very socially adept. But I think that if you're really open and honest with uh, all your friends and and students and everything, everybody definitely understands you a lot better. You know,
2: it's the authenticity, man. You know, it's getting. Yeah, you can you can teach you can teach the the technique in a million different ways, but it's about transmitting the information that you spoke about before to the student in the way that resonates the most deeply, in my opinion. And if that means that means being yourself, having fun, you know, having a, a laugh on the mat so they have a great time. That's going to just stick in a bit more, man. Totally get it. Totally get yeah. it.
0: Um, Professor, I, if, you, if it's okay with you to speak about, um, I started watching uh, Anthony Bourdain's Parts uh, Unknown and stuff like that uh, after he passed. and I didn't know that he trained Jiu-Jitsu until he got to the San Francisco episode. I was like, oh shit, that's cool, <laughs> uh, Yeah, And then, you guys went on that cool kind of that whole cool episode together i just wonder if you had any like if you learned anything from uh, tony or if you just have some good stories or memories or just the experience he, of doing was, the show
1: he was really like like he he he, was, he got ready for the warm ups he had heard about the warm ups because um, his production assistant uh, helen would uh, would come out and, and visit her family in San Francisco from New York. And so he got in shape to do the warm ups in the 7 a.m. class. And um, the 7 a.m. class was doing really well. It was like, I don't know, 10 to 20 people, depending, you know. And then, you know, all of a sudden Tony shows up and there's fucking 50 head in the 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so needless to say... It, it it blew up the, the 7 a.m. as a class after he left and everything, but uh, he was a, a, a really decent blue belt, and he really took his training quite seriously and everything like that, and so I did a, a bunch of lessons with him, and then uh, it was his birthday, and I'm all, dude, you got five free lessons with me to burn whenever you want. Anytime you're in the city, man, I'll do a fucking lesson with you, you know, so he was a really nice man, and I guess there's a documentary coming about coming out about what happened to him and stuff like that, so oh, really? there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of how can i say uh, uh what do they call a conspiracy theorist um, right
0: so um Professor, I, I know you mentioned earlier about studying about ancient history and, and sharpening things, swords and stuff. <laughs> Do you look a lot, lot back into like warrior culture throughout time and stuff? And and does that affect the way your philosophy that's,
1: is now? Yeah, that's that's kind of like what I've been studying, like ever since I'm like, and that's my dad's fault because, like, when I was little, he used to, like, take cardboard and then fucking cover it with aluminum foil and put it all over me and fucking make helmets and stuff like that. And I'd be like, ah, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so I grew up, like, always, like, and then it, it wasn't so old-timey or anything like that. But I'd go to Germany for, for summers and they they put you in breeches, right? And your breeches come with the knife. knife holder you know and they'd go go fucking play there was no internet there was no fucking tv shows there was like go fucking in the forest and go fucking find mushrooms or kill things you know Mm -hmm. and so I always collected knives and everything and it just developed like that all through like my middle school and then finally in high school like I was like kind of following like timelines like ancient civilization religion and styles of warfare and cultures, you know. So it's really interesting how different cultures develop different types of warfare. Why did they develop it that way? Why do they fight this way? And and you see the same thing in jujitsu. Like no matter where you put the jujitsu, it it will. How can I say? It'll mold to the culture, kind of like you know the, their philosophies will be brought into it and. And they'll train it differently or or whatever, you know? Right. Is is there a particular philosophy then that goes along with jujitsu uh broadly speaking? It's always like, you know, if you finish the enemy, it's over, you know. That's that's the thing, you know. And then like everybody's like, what, what do you like better? And I'm like, I like jokes, and they're like, Why? I'm like, you can break a guy's fucking arm and he'll keep fighting. Mm. <laughs> Because you know hey, you choke, a, you choke a guy out unconscious or to death, he's fucking through.
0: <laughs> right, right. You no, know? yeah. I remember um, Mike. Mike has the same uh, philosophy, and then I remember times when um, you know you get someone higher if they're hopped up on like drugs and stuff. Like breaking an arm or something won't even mean anything to them. It's like, but a choke, they're going out, and there's nothing. There's no resisting.
1: Yeah. Like, I used to get arm locked and get caught and stuff, like, in the academy and or the, or tournaments, and I'd be like, fuck that, it fucking hurts, but it don't hurt as bad as fucking losing, you know, and so it'd be like, pow, 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 pow," and then fucking turn the other way, and i go, yeah, I'm out, you know, maybe, you know, passing guard with one arm all next week. (laughs) For you, then, but, you know, you get, the guy, you get the guy in a choke, you know, like Simple Choke or any other chokes like that, he's fucking choked. He, I don't give a fuck how much he fucking tries to jump around. He's going to jump around until he fucking goes out, right? Right. Absolutely. Um
0: For you then, Professor, what, what does it mean to be a martial artist?
1: Um, There's a lot of responsibility and stuff like that to, for being a, a martial artist and... Sometimes it it sucks because you have to like kind of like <clears throat> not beat the shit out of people. And, you know, you have to like hold your tongue, <clears throat> you know, you have to show that you have restraint and you you have to, you know, you have to be an adult. And and it's that's that's important. I got in trouble um, not recently, but a, a year or so, almost two years now, probably. But what do you mean? it was a, it was a, it was a fight. And, um, and then I went into court and the, and the judge is like, all right, so yeah, I'm going to just drop this and you can go on your way. And the DA is like, wait a minute. Uh, I asked for you to to look at this first and, and we'll talk to him next week. And so I left and my lawyer is one of my, purple belts james he's fucking cool and shit man he's like fucking 150 plus muay thai fucking professional fights he's the best lawyer i've ever fucking seen in my life and um and he's i don't know why he wants to see you again next week i'm like fuck i don't know either i'm fucking kind of worried so we go back and then the the judge same judge but he's got a different demeanor on a different face he wasn't like smiling or anything he's like Mr. O'Center, I'm quite appalled at your behavior. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so he had seen like over the week and then looked at stuff and everything and, and researched me and he's all, eh, eh, and you being this uh, martial arts, you know, professor and you, you know, Taking it out in the streets, and I was just like, fuck. And then I was fucked. You know, he was not happy that. So there's definitely a lot of responsibility. And sometimes you gotta fucking eat shit and turn the other way, you know, no matter what. But but it 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 makes a difference. And that needless to say, the there was no internet when I first started. So luckily you could get away with everything. You know, saying there was no internet, there's no cameras everywhere. Now there's fucking internet and there's cameras fucking everywhere, so you can't get away with shit. You know, Um, so you have to be good.
0: um, Sometimes my brother's a a tattoo artist, and I know you like to, you do like a lot of the drawings. But, take right, Professor. Um, uh, I I consider him like an artist, um, but then I also talk to him about like. Well, sometimes I consider myself an artist because like what I do like if within martial arts is for me like inherently creative um do you feel like what's your stance on that where where do you feel those kind of where does the arts kind of cross over
1: oh I mean like create create like that that's totally true though but that's that's an individual thing too like you can look at different like people's games and stuff like that and they're like that like they might not, they, not, maybe they're not so extroverted or, you know, creative like, like that, but their game is very creative, you know, or, or maybe this person is, is like very like stoic and kind of like straight laced and everything and their game is very stoic and straight laced. Also, it doesn't, it doesn't have any flash to it. It just goes, you know, in straight lines. So uh, I think that your personality definitely has a, a bearing on, on your on your on your jujitsu and and also the influence of your of your coach, you know, they they'll pick up things that you do and and use it your way or 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 they'll change it or or whatever. But like uh, I I was like was created like that like artistically, so like like drawing or playing music or 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 whatever, just just. Whatever was fucking off, we 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 all. I always did it like as as best as I could, you know, like be a crazy maniac and jump off of things and like, you know, race our motorcycles like really really fast in in public traffic and stuff like that, or you know, build our our muscle cars and, or, or or anything like that. Like it all, it always came through. So like when I started doing jujitsu, it was like, okay, I'm gonna do this just like I did everything else. I'm going to fucking put myself into it and do it as as hard as I can so that I can be as good as I can.
2: Yeah, it's an expression of oneself, right? How much do you think then, as a professor, you should seek to influence one of your students' expressive nature in Jiu-Jitsu or should you allow it to develop and flourish in their own way?
1: Uh some of them need a little bit of like prodding sometimes, you know, and, and you just have to it, it's it, that's what's cool about teaching is you you start to know a lot about people. And I talked to a lot of people and I always was really social and everything. And so, like, like you can tell when somebody is like, you know, this or that or they need this. And so you, you just talk to them and go, look, I think that if you start doing this, this this will this will work to your favor. You know what I'm saying? Or, or it's like, you know, if you fucking stand up like that one more time, I swear to God, I'll come over there and fucking kick you right in the nuts. You know? I might have said that a few times already. <laughs> you know, there's, but, but different people require different, uh, uh, tenderness, right? So, so either you, you prod them a little bit and they get the, they get, they get it, you know, or you, you have to like hit them with a brick.
2: Yeah. We've spoken about that before to our students as well, um, about, I don't think when, I don't think people, when they started jujitsu fully, and i certainly didn't understand how invested their professors are in their journey and how you said they're like, you know, I know it's stuff on the mat all the time. You know, if someone's having a bad day, you know, it's not the self, you know, it's if, you know, whatever this person feels a bit different today. We're investing in our students, right? And you you get to know them, and I think that's that's the mark of a good coach. The hallmark of a good coach or professor is someone who can see everyone on the mat as individuals, and tailor their tailor their approach to them individually, right?
1: Totally, totally, totally. And, and that that's kind of what's really cool about like having like a smaller academy, you know, where you have like maybe a hundred, two hundred students rather than you know your you're doing the mass marketing and you know it's like, okay, let me see your card. Okay, and check off your card. And then okay, you guys are done. Now get out. You know, um, I I I can never do that. They were trying to make me switch to that kind of a format where people come in and line up on the dots and then fucking present their cards and you check them off and then fucking the class is this for a fucking month and and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. And they're like, what do you mean you're not doing it? That's what we're going to do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. They're like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, I will not do it. <laughs> you know? Whatever, whatever way you want to fucking know. It's like, I'm not fucking doing that system. And they're like, why? It's it's going to be good for you. It'll be more organized. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to make a lot of money. I'm all, I don't care. I'm not doing it. And so... There you have it. You know, it's like, I I don't like systems like that. I don't, I think that the greatest like resources is people and, and they're cool and they'll come and go as they do. But I swear to God, like I got guys that like, I got to move and, and have a baby and shit like that. And they still, to this day, they they come back with their wives, which they may have gotten at the academy and they, they come and visit me years afterwards you know then they moved wherever they did and maybe they started to train again or maybe they didn't you know but you know it it it's it, that's what's really cool it's like when uh, I had this one kid he I had him since he was like eight and he went all the way to black belt and you know he's like still training but you know he's He's doing what i he's 20 something and so he's like working at bars he's he's having fun and everything he's not being as serious as he as he could be but you know not everybody's gonna go and you know be a a pan-american champion or 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 whatever you know that maybe they're really really fucking good in the mat and they're fucking tougher than shit but it's cool like after after all the people that like have like i've taught or they've been taught by me and then they they left and they come back and then you know they still contact me on instagram or fucking facebook and shit like that it's fucking really cool you know and then i i go to tournaments more more to instead of more to scream at my guys but to, but to see other other people that i know from from the old days, right you know all the guys that used to fucking train with me are coaches too, and have their own academies, and then the only time I'm gonna fucking see them is at the at the tournament so so
2: hundred percent that, I think the good point there just to just to pick on again uh, is around the kind of numbers in the academy I think I'm kind of keen on exploring the idea of capping off our numbers to ensure that we can have that experience where everyone feels like a tight group rather than constantly chasing more and more, you know, in terms of growth, just capping it off. This is exclusive. We're all in it together, building that community where you can focus on your students a bit more.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can always add more classes. And then if the, if there's like a big influx of, uh, of beginners, then you can like separate them so that they don't feel like so left behind. And And I'll do that for sure. But mostly I like to keep everybody together and then I'll make the graduated belts help the, the brand new people. And they're like, fuck, man, I don't want to help the retard. I'm all, who do you think fucking helped you when you were a retard? And they're like, you did. I'm all, that's right. Retard. Now go fucking do my fucking job. You know, it's like, fuck. It's like, yeah, I had to fucking get you through the retard stage myself. Now you're going to go help somebody else. This is
2: great, man. This is great because my, my students are going to listen to this and they're going to go,
1: that sounds like Professor
2: Mike, but not as bad because I think they think I'm quite bad. Exactly I, is, I,
1: I, I took my filter off.
2: It's brilliant. <laughs> Keep saying it, Mike. It's awesome.
1: Um, professor, I want to be respectful. You can't say retard. No, everybody was like really offended one time when I said that. And like, Kurt, you can't say retard. i all, my brother's retarded. I can say retard all the fucking time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, fuck. They're like, that's not true. I'm like, fuck yeah, it's true. And like, what would you call him? I'm like, fuck you, retard. <laughs> what do you think big brother does to little brother? You know, no matter what, there's going to be abuse, especially when you're little. But yeah, I get all kinds of shit for everything I say.
0: First, uh, I want to be respectful of your time, but I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, I know you've got your, your health concerns at the moment and stuff, but do you think your traveling days are behind you? Or do you, do you see yourself ever getting out to Europe again? or?
1: Um, i i I'm just trying to get healthy so that i can um uh, i'm gonna start teaching again next week so I'll, I'll be back at the academy at Empire and um i'm gonna start teaching a uh there's a small town a couple minutes away from here i'm gonna do a couple of night classes uh over there too so i'm, I'm gonna start to get back into teaching and everything like that and uh <clears throat> I can't really move around very well. Um, but I can explain things really well if I have like a couple people there. I I I I'll get out there and like show stuff like that and everything. But hopefully my my health gets uh, I get stronger and then I can do the. I have to do double. I have to do both my hips. I have to replace both sides.
2: Wow.
1: Because they're they're I I use them up. My 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 so, my my femur in in my socket like with no no, no, nothing in there, just bone on bone. And, and, um, uh, my diet, my diabetic attack that I had here, it kind of left me so waste, uh, so, so, so weak, um, that they don't want to do any surgeries like anytime soon until I get stronger. And so that that's the only thing that's holding me back right now is that.
0: Awesome. Well, I do hope that uh, they all go well and you recover quickly. Um, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. We're Yeah, sending
2: you all the best, man, from yeah. England.
0: Um, and if you ever do, in the future, make it over, we'd love to, love to come see you. Or if you make it over here, that'd be amazing.
1: Oh, no, I'm coming back to England, that's for sure. Because last What's time the way? armor guy was closed. I was in this town, it has this... Uh, this really fucking bitching uh, uh, church, but they they put it up and then it rained and fucking it warped all the wood into a weird twist. I forget what town it was, but it was really good jujitsu up there and really cool people. And I and and they knew that I was into fucking stuff like that. And they're like, dude, it's too bad. It, it's this weekend, everybody's gone. I, the armorer is not here, so I'm going back to England. I, I have to go to. To I have to I have to do all England and Scotland and Wales trip. Is there a lot of shit I got to see? I got I want to go see where Hadrian's Wall was. I want to see. Uh, have you been to York. Have you been to York. Kurt? Huh? Have you been to York. I think I don't know. I think so.
2: Man, because we're literally like ten miles from York, man. If you like your history, they still got the castle walls all around the city, man. You got to come and see that.
1: Yeah, I gotta see that, man. I I, I like seeing all that shit. I, I like to like go and like see the museums and stuff like that. It, either even if it's like just the artistic side of like m- museums, it, it, art is so important. Like it, it it captured a lot of history, and and then I like to see like fucking a lot of swords and shit like that. And I bought a few swords last times, and so. Well, to- we've got the we've got the Royal Armories here too, yes. right? So the Royal Armories in Leeds,
2: which is if you like swords, man, there's thousands oh, of thousands. I, gotta, thousand I gotta, I gotta see that. Look, well, what we're saying is, listen, the next time when you're healthy, we wish you all the very best. When you're healthy enough to come over, be our guest, come to the academy, we'll look after you for a few days, take to see these places. We'll see you in the corner of the mat You can call on my students, retards, and we'll call it a I, I will I
1: will. Now I got a fucking I got a BB gun so I can shoot you from across the yeah.
0: room. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, professor, just before you go, uh, we, we usually ask, um, is there anyone in the jiu-jitsu world, again, worldwide, well-known or doesn't need to be known at all, like, like Ramin, for instance, I had a great time talking to him, um, that you think we should reach out to and speak to or just have a good conversation with?
1: Yeah, you guys you guys should definitely talk to Hal. Yeah. You can hook us up? Yeah. if you if you can if you can if you can get a hold of him, he's got some fucking killer funny stories, bro. He's fucking a, he's a pretty hilarious guy.
0: He'll speak to a Gracie Baja school. Is that all right?
1: <laughs> all right, good. Uh, shit. <laughs> if you think I'm controversial, you know. <laughs> I I think, you know, Either way, you know, I figured you guys were going to be in trouble fucking talking to me. Nah, man.
0: Listen, uh, we're
1: Renegades. Not, we're not like that, man. You, Look at the wall. It's
0: different <laughs> over here. Um, professor, this has um, been a, such an amazing... I mean, Probably my favourite yeah. episode, man. Yeah. My favourite episode. Yeah, and Adisa was talking quite a bit about how funny we had him on. It was his son interesting definitely we need interesting. to send a
2: pincer movement to health yeah. we've got Kurt on this side Adisa on this side <laughs> pincer panzer division pincer movement to try and find health
0: yeah um, I just want to say Professor this has been like a really nice it's Thursday evening here uh, we've got a great weekend ahead of us we've got Victor Estima coming up to do a seminar um, Mike's in, instructor um, I know Victor I said,
1: when Victor was a young guy oh, yeah. really, oh, you? there's not many of us knowing back then Victor came, I think the first stop that fucking Victor and he came with somebody else. And um that was when they were like young fucking brown belts and they came to to uh San Francisco.
2: Did you have hair like you then man he had the big the big curly hair back then Victor?
1: Yeah, back then back then he had hair.
2: That's right. <laughs> Don't. He's got hair again. He's got hair <laughs> again, man. Fair work.
1: But not on top, right?
2: Yeah, no, he's had it done, man. He looks awesome. Yeah, yeah.
1: He had it done. Yeah, I'll send done. you a picture. <laughs> I still got mine. I haven't had mine done, all right?
2: He's a handsome guy, man. He's my professor, so I'm not, I'll never say a bad word again. He's the lovely, loveliest guy ever, man. He's
0: down on Sunday. No, he's so. a
1: fucking, he, he was a hella cool kid, and every time I see him at tournaments, he always says hi to me. He's a very nice man.
0: He is, mate. Very, very cool guy. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Professor. Um, I would love to do this again sometime or if you uh, ever are over 31. in England, we'll definitely have you.
1: And, right now, um, I'm pretty available. Roger that. Okay, I uh, hope you have a great day and um, thanks again.
0: Best
2: of
1: health. Yeah, Best of health, care. Thank you, guys. I'm going to go take a fucking nap now since you guys woke me up so early. All right, brother. You take care. <laughs> take easy, Professor. Hey. Bye. What a legend.